Blog Talk Radio. He was up each morning with the dawn because he knew his daily run was long and hard and he had to be ready to get his freight train down the track determination he would never lack a little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy. Hi, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to Getting on Top. I'm your host, Paul Morris. We're here Tuesdays from 4 to 4.30 p.m., and we broadcast from the southern Hudson Valley region of New York State, which for you out-of-towners is just the northern suburbs of New York City along the Hudson River. And uh, we have a call-in number for anyone who uh, has a question, and that is one three four seven two one nine nine four five six. And that little ditty was Freight Train Freddy from the book of the same name. And the gentleman who was singing the song also wrote it and playing the guitar with it. Very talented man. Uh, his name is Peter Tazone. He's also the illustrator of the book that I wrote. It's a rhyming children's story about a 19th century steam engine as it makes its way through the Old West. And, uh, you know, people always ask for what age group. Well, you know, since it's rhyming, you can read it to children of any age. They love the rhymes. And uh, I guess, you know, you're as young as you feel, but I'd say up to 12 probably. But uh, the pictures are just are worth are worth it alone. Uh, if you want to see those pictures, some of them, and read some of the rhymes, you can go to ftfcreations.com. FTF, that's in Freight Train Freddy, creations.com. And you can buy the ebook for $2.99 uh, for the Kindle or iPod, or iPad, actually. And the iPad also has a, the whole song by uh, Peter. And you can buy the soft cover version there as well. Now, um, we're going to talk about understanding and controlling depression. And the title today is with Penny Cohen. But Penny got ill suddenly, unfortunately. And uh, she can't make the show today. Or perhaps she'll call in if she's feeling better. But uh, so I'll just carry on myself. And uh, she was going to interview me, so we'll try to do that another time. But this is such an important topic. I know I've done it another number of times. But, um, you know, in, in, in my research, approximately 10% of at least the people in the United States, it could be even just as high or higher among the people around the world, especially in depressed areas that suffer from depression. And why do people in uh, poor income areas uh, suffer more? I'll explain that as the show goes on. It's, it's a direct correlation. <clears throat> and I was very interested in my uh, recent research uh, getting the statistics from that to see that certain states in the United States had more depression than others. And those are the poorest states, the southern states, the Appalachians, the Tennessee area, 
Um, and I'll tell you right up front why that is. <clears throat> then we'll get back to uh, going through this uh, point by point. The reason why uh, you would think that uh, poor depressed areas would have, people would have more depression is because, uh, <clears throat> as opposed to popular belief, well, popular belief is they don't know what causes depression. Okay, uh, but I did find it out. I believe I know it, and I've uh, you know I've healed it in myself and others based on these uh, concepts, and it works. Uh, depression is caused by a perception of abandonment uh, by a newborn child, or it could be any time right at or uh, after birth. Uh, soon after when a child is very young and um that uh, feeling of abandonment uh, is 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 life and death to a child and uh, the child feels that they're not wanted and thus they will be abandoned and they basically they decide to die they want to go back where they came from they came from uh, the beautiful place called heaven the other side and if you don't believe in heaven, that's okay. But to say they wanted to die because they couldn't go on uh, in fear of life would be kind of uh, frightening. And anyone who has a child knows that abandonment is the greatest fear a child has. Because to a child, abandonment means death. And it's a very rational way to feel. How does a child know they're being abandoned, you might ask? <clears throat> because a child has... A, 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 a person is a combination of a physical body and a soul. The soul has four senses. The physical body has five senses. And and uh, those four senses are what the child uses when they're first born because that's what they use on the other side. And, <clears throat> and they haven't really developed their other senses that well yet. And they know because part of those senses are intuition and feeling. And they know that uh, they know they're not wanted, and that explains uh, something called crib death, or SIDS, also known as sudden infant death syndrome, that can't be cannot be completely explained. And I was told about 27 years ago, before I knew anything about this stuff, that uh, that the reason why these children die is they want to go back. They want they're afraid. They're not wanted. They don't feel. They feel frightened and insecure, and they just decide to die, and they do. And just like older people die when they lose their mates, it's not uncommon. Or just say they want to die. My mother did when she was 89. A mother of a friend of mine when she was 93. She said, "Okay, I don't want to." You know, they had a. They both had bad illnesses. They said, "I lived a long life. I don't want to live like this," and they died within a week and uh, my neighbor same thing <clears throat> it's not uncommon so we have the ability to do that and these children do that it's called an infant death syndrome and the ones that do not die have depression because they have the wish to die but somehow it doesn't happen i can't say exactly why it's one thing i'm still investigating perhaps they're coddled perhaps they change their mind for some reason the circumstances change but that, that instruction, I want to die, stays in the brain. So the emotional trauma of not being wanted and fear of abandonment creates that 
uh, death wish or instruction to the subconscious mind. They want to die, and whenever that emotional trauma is triggered by those same feelings, the person goes into what's known as a uh, depressive episode. I know them well, unfortunately. I've had it all my life. My father had it horribly, much worse than I did. But believe me, any having it at all is a is a terrible, terrible thing. Thank God I cured myself. I am depression-free, and life is a thousand million times better now. And you can be too. Uh, go to my website, check it out, depressivesanonymous.org. Depressivesanonymous.org, just like Alcoholics Anonymous, depressivesanonymous.org. And uh, a lot of a lot more than what I have time to say today will be on the website. And I'll be adding more information as well uh, in a blog. And I'm starting to work on a book as well. <clears throat> so, and you can call me if someone, you know, wants a, a free uh, uh, consultation. I do charge for a, uh, a therapy. And that's on my website but there is a sliding scale, and in certain circumstances, I will work with people uh, pro bono. Okay? I will not turn anyone away, regardless of uh, circumstances. Um, and I can help. Anyway, let's get to the topic at hand. Understanding and controlling depression. All right? And um, you will find out today, if I have enough time, what is true depression, and why is depression just not just the mood disorder, why the nature of depression eludes the medical community, why so many sufferers of why so many sufferers have what's called refractory depression, which just means from the doctor's standpoint, they don't respond to traditional methods, which are typically medication. And uh, I'm going to tell you why that is. Why women are twice as likely to suffer as men. Yep. I read it. It's a stat. <laughs> twice as many women suffer as men. Is that something, huh? I'm going to tell you why that's so as well. Uh, true link between suicide and depression. And what is depression's on off switch? If I have time, there'll be more. Okay. Well, let's get going. Uh, we're 10 minutes into this already, but I can go an extra 15 minutes. Uh, I don't want to cut it right to the wire. Let's say 10 minutes or so over, so we'll have at least a half an hour. And now the live feed ends at at uh, 4.30, and if that happens to you, just wait till the show's over. You can get right on the archive, fast forward toward the, uh, towards the end there, and listen to the rest of it if you wish. Okay, what is true depression? What do I mean by true depression? My terminology. And why do I use it? Why do I bother? Because unfortunately, depression is used, uh, you know, for too many things. And a lot of the confusion around depression and why the one of the reasons the medical community, psychotherapeutic community, don't understand it is because it's used for everything. And I'm depressed today. You feel depressed. Uh, I get depressed. Oh, that's that's a depressing uh, story. Yeah, and in all in all that terminology of depression, the true meaning of depression, you know, gets kind of buried in there. 
So that terminology is used because people uh, think that depression is a mood disorder. Now, of course, with depression, you have a down mood. Depression is a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, a gremlin, a dragon, a monster, whatever you want to call it. Horrible, dark entity that's trying to kill you because you told it you want to die and it feels like you have this horrible th- thing inside your head pushing you literally over the uh, precipice, over the uh, uh, cliff. And uh, I cannot expect anyone who doesn't have depression to understand it, okay? But I just had a, conference with a, a conversation with a friend of mine who also suffers. I helped her uh, with it. And, um, you know, she said, how can anybody know what it's like? Absolutely, you can't. You can't know what it's like. It's like me as a man understanding what it's like to give birth. I'll never understand. And that's okay. <laughs> All right? I have my own stuff, <laughs> as they say. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it. women are tough. Women are strong. They probably go through a lot more uh, pain and suffering than men do, I guess. And they're, str- they're strong and they live longer, so what can I say? Love you, women. <laughs> but, uh, you know, anyone that doesn't have depression is not going to know what it's like. But anyway, it, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. Anyway, so what is true depression? Okay, true depression means you really have depression, basically, which means you have this death wish in your head. And uh, it's whenever... You know, it starts out when, when, when that emotional trauma is triggered that caused that fear of abandonment, you get it. And then as life goes on, you have all these connections that connect to that feeling. And after a while, it almost becomes, it, it does become a habit, unfortunately. And that, that's how I figured out what depression was. By realizing I woke up in the morning, how can I have depression? I just woke up. You know, I would wake up and have it. I said, well, what the hell triggered this thing? And the idea of it being a habit after a while occurred to me. And and the, also the idea, and this is getting, I'm skipping ahead here, the on and off switch. This is how I found depression's on and off switch. I said, okay, if it's a habit, I could change it, right? You could change a habit instead of, you know, going to work one, one way, you take another path. Instead of buying Cheerios at the supermarket, you buy Wheaties, whatever. You could change a habit, you know, if you want to. It's under your control. So I made a decision, a decision in my mind, a real decision, an absolute decision to end that habit of depression. I just made it, and boom, like that, it ended. It's crazy as it sounds. It's true. It works. I've done it with other people. The first person I ever did it with was about eight years ago, and to this day she doesn't have depression. She used to wake up with it every morning, just like me. I didn't wake up. I didn't have it every morning, but she did. And she told me, the last time I saw her was a year ago. She said, it's gone, never came back. Okay, it works, people. That's your on and off switch. Okay, is an on and off switch. We made a decision. We put that instruction in our mind that we want to die, and we could change that instruction. Okay, I'm giving away my secret here. Try it. Write me, call me, email me, paul at org. okay? 
Tell me it worked. Hallelujah. You just saved yourself some money. There's more to it than that. There's two other parts. You can read about it on the website. Uh, but I'll just do the other two for you. <laughs> I'll give you a discount. But seriously, I'm not kidding. Do it. Go ahead. All right? There's a secret. It's that simple. Yep. So, all right? And why depression is not just a mood disorder? Because, you know, I heard a doctor years ago, and it bothered me. And I, 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 wasn't, I didn't even know this yet. I didn't even know about curing depression. But I was still trying to figure it out. And he said something that really caught my caught my attention. He said, oh, depression, that's easy. You just give someone some medication and it's gone. And something about the way he said it, I thought he was a little, you know, uh, it wasn't right. He was being a little cavalier about it. It can't be that simple. All these people suffering under medication, which I've talked to many of them since then, okay? Uh, many of the people I work with are... Uh, have uh, medication. Of course they do. I mean, I'm not their first choice, all right? I'm not a medical doctor, okay? I'm not a psychologist. I'm their last choice, okay? Fine, you know? Uh, but so most of them are, are taking medication already and have for years and and still have it. And, but I could help them. whether you're taking the medication or not. I could still cure it. It works just the same. It's a cognitive thing. In fact, I'm reading a book about that. It was written about 15 years ago. It's a huge book with all these statistics in it. It's a cognitive thing. You make decisions, and also I heal an emotional trauma that caused it, and then I help you change the habit of being sad and down, and that's it. All right? And the hardest part is changing the habit, you know, because it takes usually, they say, a month to change the habit. You're so used to thinking of dark things, you have to create a new habit of thinking of happy things. It works. As simple as it sounds, it works, it works, it works. I swear to God, it works. Try it. you got to lose. You're thinking happy things? <laughs> what could be bad? Okay? Anyway. Um, yeah. You know, I give you a lot more information than that, a lot more techniques and many more techniques and, and so on and so forth, uh, how to do it. Because it's a cunning foe, <laughs> believe me, it's a very cunning foe. So I've studied this for many, many years, and I know how to defeat it. Thank God. All right. So it's not just a mood disorder. So anyway, when he said just take that medication, I realized later on that yeah, if people just have mood disorders, they don't have true depression. That's what true depression isn't. They just have. Uh, Um, oh, I, I want to uh, apologize. Penny Cohen, as I said, was ill. I just that was just her texting me, so I'll get her on another date. Uh, she couldn't talk; she had a bad sore throat tonight. Anyway, feel better, Penny, if you're listening. Um, so the people who just have mood disorders, and you know, people do have their brain chemistry is out of whack. They just have a mood disorder. Uh, you know, then uh, medication could help. And those are the people it helps. So that's why doctors think there's something wrong with you. It's called refractory depression. I'm jumping ahead again. Uh, refractory, that means you're not responding to the traditional methods. And most of them are just medication. My daughter had it, almost killed her. <laughs> 
I don't even know if she had depression, to be quite honest with you. She wasn't rejected by me and my wife. She doesn't have depression. Uh, she never did, but the doctor didn't even talk to her. She just gave her medication, and, and and she almost died because of the medication. Screwed up her head. So She had a head-on collision with another car. Thank God she was fine, and the other person was too. So, no, no, what could I say? All right? What could I say, people? What could I say? This is a true thing that happened to me in my life. Anyway, um, so why is the nature of depression allude to the medical community? Because they think it's a mood disorder. I'm not blaming them. It, it, I fell into it. I told you the story just by chance. And once I discovered that, I went and, you know, had a workshop with other people who suffered, and people told me. That's how I knew about the rejection. Someone said, I remember being born and being rejected, and I had depression. <laughs> and that's when I started putting it all together and asking people. And everybody I asked who had it said, yeah, yeah, I wasn't wanted, I was rejected, I wasn't loved, blah, 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 one after the other. In fact, one guy who I helped in, in, in Australia, a, um, a, a, a someone who's studying for a doctorate in engineering in Australia, I worked over Skype with him. Um, he couldn't study. His depression was so bad, I helped him, and now he's he's moving on, getting his Ph.D., thank God. Uh, he told me, and he was an unusual case, but he told me that his depression started at 14. And I asked him, what happened at 14? He said, I was rejected at 14. I wanted to die. I felt like dying. I had a death wish. It didn't, doesn't have to come from rejection. Anything that will cause a death wish will cause it, but that's usually why they do. In his case, okay, things were so terrible in his life, he wanted to die. He had a death wish, and his depression started then. He told me, 39 years old, he told me, okay? I'm making this stuff up. I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, this is what it is. This is what it is, and it makes sense. Everybody I talk to, everybody, everybody, they understand when I tell them about this, exactly what I'm explaining. They all say, yes, yes, yes. That's what's happening it makes sense, and it works, and they get cured, okay, if they want to. The only time people don't get cured is they hold back, and some people do. Don't ask me why. I had a discussion with this friend of mine this morning, okay? I don't know why. This friend is holding back. She's not completely better because she, she admitted she was holding back. I knew it. I knew it. But uh, anyway... So if you don't hold back, it's like anything else. You can't do anything halfway. You can't turn a light switch on halfway, a regular light switch, not a rheostat. Boom, it's on or it's off. That's it, you know? And um, a flashlight, it's on or it's off. And that's it. You either do it or you don't. You make the change, you don't make the change. You make the change, it works. You know, and it doesn't. Okay. So... They don't. People don't respond to regular methods because, as I explained, uh, the only people that respond really respond and really get better are the ones that only have mood disorders, not the ones that have true, what I call true depression. Okay, 
And why are women twice as likely to get depression than men? Well, it's starting to come together here, right? Rejected at birth, got depression. There's so many, uh, and I looked it up. I said, okay, if I'm right, I looked, I saw the statistics, twice as many women suffer. I said, okay, if I'm right, then more people or about twice as many people want boys than girls, at least as the first child. And sure enough, that's the case. Okay. So that's why twice as many women suffer. Okay. I mean, opposite to my uh, brother's daughter, my grand, my brother's granddaughter, excuse me. He just had his granddaughter, just wanted a girl, and she wanted a girl. And sure enough, she had a girl. But So it, that was different. But anyway, that's why twice as many women suffer. Okay? Call it discrimination. Hey, pick it. Do whatever you want. I'm just giving you the facts here. It's not my... <laughs> I didn't do it. Not my fault. I love my daughter and my son. Happy to have either, both of them. And that's it. Okay? They're both wonderful. And I love my three granddaughters. Uh, no problem. Okay. Uh, so that's it. It's that simple. Check it out, folks. It's on the Internet. Google it. On the Internet. True link between suicide and depression. This is really important. Probably maybe one of the most important things right here. My heart breaks when these young people kill themselves. I know why they kill themselves. Oh, they say it's taunting and it's it's bullying and all that stuff. Okay, that has a part in it, okay, and whatever. But I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, those children, and if you know anyone whose kid, whose kid uh, uh, committed suicide, I guarantee you they had depression. Maybe it wasn't diagnosed. I didn't know mine until I was in my mid-late 30s. I had depression, okay, even though my father had it. I didn't recognize it. I didn't know how it felt. It's a feeling of, of hopelessness and helplessness. It's horrible, okay? And I didn't know how it felt. And these kids have depression. That's why they kill themselves, all right? And it's known that most people that commit suicide have depression. It's a known fact. So my point is, make sure, find out if your kid has depression and get them help. Get them help. Okay? Tell them to make that change. Switch that instruction. All right? Tell them to think happy thoughts. All right? If he wants the emotional trauma cured, call me. Okay? I can't tell you how to do that over the phone. <laughs> over the radio, it's a little more complicated. Um, but that's it. All right? If you know a kid's having that, take care of it. But that's why. It's horrible. And these these poor vets that go through uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome, okay? Post-traumatic stress syndrome is an emotional trauma. That's what it is. They give it a fancy name. It's an emotional trauma. In the First World War, they called it shell shock. In the Second World War, they called it uh, battle fatigue. Same exact thing. Now they call it post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, everything's fancy-schmancy today. It's emotional trauma, okay? I wasn't in the war. I was in. Uh, I was an engineer, Pratt & Whitney, during the Vietnam War, making dependable engines for the Air Force, okay? 
And to tell you the truth, I was scared crap to go to <laughs> to go to jungles of Vietnam. I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Okay, what can I say? I'm being honest about it. But I help I help the effort by making dependable engines. At any rate, you know uh, it's horrible. It's scary, man. Taking a bayonet and killing some young guy. I mean, horrible, horrible. It's just a horrible thing. The live feed is ending in a minute and a half. So, again, we're going on for another 10 minutes or so. Uh, if you're listening live, just, you know, just uh, get the, uh, uh, tune into the archive when it's over and you can fast forward. Anyway, before the live feed ends, I want to let you know you're listening to Getting On Top on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your guest, Paul Morris, and my guest, Penny Kong, couldn't make it because of a sore throat, but we'll have her on another time, and she could put me through the mill <laughs> and question me about depression or anything else she wants to. Um, okay, so so that's it. You know, people, so why do people commit suicide that have depression? It's very simple. It's a death wish. Folks, it's trying to kill you. It's an instruction. It's trying. You remember, if anyone's old enough to remember Robbie the Robot from Hidden Planet, it's in the late 50s. I'm an old man, so I know it. I remember it when it came out. And you could look it up. It's a robot. It doesn't matter. It's a robot. The Hidden Planet, I mean, the uh, uh, Forbidden Planet. Hidden Planet is my book. Forbidden Planet, they had robots. So just think if you have a robot. Okay, and it, it's it's a, there was a movie called I Robot, right? Uh, a few years back, very good movie, good action movie. Um, anyway, the robot has instruction. The robot could kill you. It's very powerful, right? With just people, and you know if it's given an instruction to do something to hurt you, it's going to hurt you. So this just say you told it to hurt you, and then it's trying to hurt you, or trying to do something and you change the instruction it'll stop all right so why don't you die why don't you die well some people do they commit suicide okay unfortunately so why don't why doesn't everybody die with this death wish okay it's very simple because it's 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 latent it's called latent okay all right look it up in your funk and wagnall it's a latent uh instruction in other words it's there it's not it it only becomes active at certain times when you have an a a a a depressive episode and when it does i mean it, you know your head doesn't explode it it's psychological it's cognitive so it's trying to convince you to kill yourself that's how it works that's how it that's it's trying to convince you to kill yourself and if you go along with it people you can die you can die, and um, or you, you you kill yourself because you feel so crappy and horrible, and oh, it's unbelievable. Imagine something makes you feel so bad you want to kill yourself, and you do. That's how horrible it is. Okay, so that's how it works. I'm going to tell you a story. I always tell the story, but it's such a great story. I have to. All right, I covered everything in the list. So let me. Uh, it was amazing. I I I've always watched. You know, I'm a science guy. All right. Uh, as a science student, engineering, math, computers, I love to watch documentaries on science. I watched Jane Goodall. 
I like human behavior. Of course, that's my thing. I've been studying it for 40 years, human behavior psychology. That's why I know a lot about it and all the methods that are out there. I invented my own method from healing emotional trauma and my own method for curing depression, healing depression. Now, let's say cure, healing depression, okay, and controlling it. Anyway, so I'm watching this documentary, Jane Goodall, and this this uh, this uh, uh, chimpanzee. They're very chimpanzees are very complicated. They're very much like us. They 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 you know it's a very complicated society where who you know is important. You're just like a human society. They're very much like us. Uh, and anyway, this older chimpanzee female had a baby, and the baby. It was a male, and he was very attached to his mother, and she was very old, and uh, was very attached, you know, just like some children are like that, and uh, more dependent and so on. And uh, she died. She was just old. She died from old age, you know. And he felt so bad. He he was a, he was a juvenile. He wasn't full grown. He wasn't an infant. Uh, you know, let's say he was equivalent to a 10-year-old or something like that or a tween or something. I don't know exactly, but he, he wasn't fully grown, uh, he, he, but he, he, you know, he wasn't a baby, okay? So he didn't need the mother. He was on his own. He was functioning, okay? He was a young, he was an adolescent. So he didn't need the mother to, to you know, to live. But he was so downhearted by his mother's death and there we saw him. He went right into the the jungle there. He sat down. And he saw pictures of him just sitting, leaning against a tree, doing nothing, staring out into space. You know what? My father had a horrible depression. That's what he used to do. He didn't sit by a tree. <laughs> he sat in a chair staring at the walls until he had a shock treatment. That's how bad he had it. Okay? This is what the goddamn... This is what the chimp was doing, staring, and he just died. A perfectly healthy young chimp died in like a week, okay? And I said, he got depression. He wants to die, just like some older people when they lose their spouses. And he did. He died. Amazing. Amazing. It all connects together. So, you know, that's... That's it. I basically covered everything here. All right, folks, don't suffer. Get help. It's hard. It, you have no idea. I've been depression-free for a while. I mean, really, completely depression-free. It's so wonderful. Life is so much more wonderful like this. Being in the light. Leave the darkness. You're literally in the light. You just feel good all the time. It's amazing. Amazing. I wish I had done it. I knew about it. 50 years ago, okay? But I'll take whatever I can get. I'm, I am so grateful that I was able to discover the cure and, and help myself and help other people. So, everyone, be well. We're going to be back. Actually, next week is <coughs> another show coming. Um, just go to my website. or Just go to uh, um, Blog Talk Radio. If you want to get to my uh, show page on Block Talk Radio, it's the uh, U, URL. That's the stuff you put right in, not in Google, but right on the top there. 
But if you put it in Google, it'll pop up anyway, and you could click on it. But if you put it right on the top, it's called the URL. Uh, I forgot what that stands for. It's blogtalkradio.com forward slash getting dash on dash top. And, uh, you know, I'll be advertising the show in the next few days. Uh, and if you want to go to my website and read about this stuff, there's more, much more stuff on the website than I told you about. I'm going to be adding more things as well about emotional trauma. And I also have on there emotional trauma and depression, how they're connected. I did kind of talk about that a little today. And... Um, you can go there by going to depressivesanonymous.org. Depressivesanonymous.org. Okay, for you people who are spelling, have a problem with spelling like I do. <laughs> I learned to spell this word, though. That's what I do once in a while when I have to learn a hard word. I just memorize it. D-E-P-R-E-S-S-I-V-E-S-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S.org. Or dot com. You get to the same place. Okay, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. And um I have a very interesting show with with a uh, with a dowser. Okay? Yeah, next week will be with a what is a dowser? You know the people find water? That's a dowser. Only she finds she uses those crazy L shaped rods that move around. Only she finds negative energy in your house. And she kill it clear and she clears it. All right, I had it done here. All right, it's great stuff. Anyway, so look look for that next Tuesday. It's dowsing uh, with uh, Jeannie Pasquale. Okay, be well. Enjoy the weather's getting warmer. Enjoy it. Get out there and exercise, people. Exercise. It'll make you feel good. And uh, we're ending with Freight Train Freddy by Peter Tazon. He was up each morning with the dawn Because he knew his daily run was long and hard And he had to be ready Get his freight train down the track Determination he would never lack The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy Everybody was his friend And they all helped him to the end To keep those freight cars rolling along steady He never knew what to expect and was very careful not to wreck the little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy. The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy.